Hello, everyone. I hope you are well wherever you are and choosing the day you want to have because you have that power to choose. And I hope you're practicing and utilizing that power. Before I dive in and introduce today's guest, I would love it if you would take a few moments and leave a review on iTunes about just how the podcast is lending for you and show your love and support. That would mean so much because it helps the podcast get into the years of more listeners. Today's episode, I am talking to Caroline of the Spiritual Empath. Caroline is an intuitive. She is a spiritual teacher. She bridges spirituality and science and really creating spiritual science and teaching from a very academic perspective. That's what I love about the way she's doing her work is really grounding spirit and making it very digestible, grounded, and understanding that it's really about moving the spirit into the body and not leaving our body and having these out-of-body experiences. And first, really dealing with the body itself and how the body is an avenue or a vessel to access spirit. So her approach is very, very grounded. It's very practical. It's very academic. And I love that she does it in that way. We're going to be talking about discernment, sovereignty, the bioenergetic field, initiations. Let's dive into today's episode with Caroline. Welcome to the Unlearn Yourself podcast. This is the place to discover and remember yourself as you unlearn who you have been taught to be. We will explore who your true self is by diving into your inner world and creating the most empowering, aligned, and free relationship with you and your life. I always want to ask uh, just a few get to know you questions first. Uh, what words would you use to describe yourself? I'd say resilient, courageous, and leading with integrity and intuitive. Beautiful. What is your sun, moon, and rising? In Western or Vedic? Western. Libra rising, Taurus sun, Aries moon. Oh, wow. Cool. What about you? I am an uh, Aquarius sun, Sag rising, and Capricorn moon. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so I just want to start with maybe just a background of yourself and how you got to doing what you're doing. And what's your journey been like so far? And how, how did you come to just do the work you're doing now? Absolutely. So personally, I grew up around mysticism and intuitive teachings and was always asked as a child, what is, are you listening to your heart? Listen to your gut. And it took me a while to figure out what that really means and what that feels like to learn to really trust yourself and to move forward with those intuitive pangs. So I, my mom and dad are both intuitives and empathic. So I was around sensitivity, but I also grew up in a really competitive environment as well. And 
went through really rigorous academics and athletics. So I had this strong warrior nature of me that always was leading with a lot of authenticity and truthfulness and courage. Yet I was one to always go to the own beat of my drum. I always saw life differently than a lot of people and always was told I was an old soul as a child. And, and it wasn't really though until my early twenties when I started to realize how I wanted to be so much of service to people. And so I started attracting a lot of people in my life who helped me see that, but I had to go through my own journey of under, of suffering in a way of realizing that I can't be everyone's therapist in my life. I can't figure out everyone's problems all the time because I end up being the one suffering and getting really drained. So this is when I was in college and I loved helping people figure out their problems. I was really drawn towards working in a field of service, yet I was working in finance. So I was Mm. in investor relations, client service, doing data analytics. And I realized I was like, I have a very interesting blend of energies. I'm very scientific. I'm very intellectual. I like academics, but I'm so intuitive and I'm so empathic. So how can I merge and blend these together? So a couple of years ago, I decided I needed to make a lot of changes in my life because I was really depleted energetically. I was really understanding what it meant to be an empath and how to manage being an empath in a very competitive world in a field. And it just, it was not in my best and highest good. So I was living on the East coast and moved to California in 2019. And this is when I started to really just focus on my own path. I knew it was time for me to go back to school or do something different, but very untraditional. So I started doing more self-study and as if I was going to school every day and just started diving into all the ancient teachings and wisdom of what I was pulled towards. Mm. And then in the beginning of 2020, I went back to more of a ancient mystery school for lack of better terms and started developing more of my psychic skills and worked with a mentor for six months. I did studied energy healing, all sorts of different modalities. I became a personal trainer. And then I launched my business in 2020 at the end of the summer. And since then have been helping people all around the world. I do one-on-one consulting and have found my own unique kind of blend of how I want to help people come into the greatest measure of themselves. Mm, That's beautiful. I really love that you, you highlighted how you take this very intellectual academic and you bring it into spirituality because it really, it grounds it which is so needed right now. Absolutely. I agree with you. And I found when I entered the spiritual realm, the spiritual community, I, the first word that was coming to me intuitively was discernment and Mm. really use discernment. And I was so blown away with the amount of false information, very airy theory, very ungrounded, so much escapism. And when I was drawn to move to California, uh, close friends and family were like, I don't know, like, if that's really the place for you spiritually, like, there's a lot of escapism and bypassing out there and false light. And I was like, I meant to change that, though, I meant to bring a grounded approach to this field. So it was definitely like some I think like the first Instagram video I ever put up was like discernment. And that was the foundation of it, because I want to help people bring a grounded approach to this field, because spiritual development is personal 
personal development. It really is all about shaping your character and understanding your life experiences, how to see the big picture and really work with life and your soul's plan and purpose and understand the lessons in every experience and find the opportunity to learn and grow. And so I started really bringing that into my one-on-one teachings with people, helping people understand the physical body, the mental body, the emotional body. And then all of a sudden it was like, people would come to me and are like, Oh, I want to work on my psychic abilities. And I'm like, but you're not ready. <laughs> like mm. we need to bridge the gap between the two. So I started working with people one-on-one and then I got to a point in the spring where I knew it was time for me to build out coursework and a mm. way to reach more people around the world and offer this really grounded academic approach to this field. That's beautiful. I mean, like so many questions have come up as I've been hearing you listen. Um, I'm really curious, what was like the ancient teaching or wisdom that you're really drawn to? Was it Eastern mysticism, Western mysticism? Like what really was calling to you? Mm. For me, it was spiritual science. And Mm. so to me, spiritual science really is a blend of the both. And Rudolf Steiner founded Anthroposophy in the late 1800s. And I know those are teachings that I have been um, exposed to in previous lifetimes as well. So I was drawn towards that to help refamiliarize myself with knowledge that's held in my own consciousness. So I was learning how to become my own best teacher in many ways, capitalizing on my own Uh, psychic abilities, astral gifts to tap into knowledge that I have as a soul while also being pulled towards a lot of old lectures and things from 200 years ago. And so spiritual science was definitely my big thing that I was pulled towards because I was like, this is the key. This is how we can really bridge the gap between the physical and the spiritual worlds because it's grounded and it's the study of science, which really is what spirituality is. It is a science. I mean, it's a philosophy in many ways as well because it's a way of living, way of thinking. And spiritual science blends the two. It's, It's Western and Eastern. And I think uh, in the 1800s, that time period to me is so powerful. And I have read in this current incarnation so many books and lectures from them because that is when a lot of Western teachers started to move to the East and Mm -hmm. blend the teachings together. So the concept of the heart comes in so much, but then we, I bring it in a way where I'm talking about it from a metaphysical perspective to help the linear mind understand what's going on. I talk a lot about people's intellectual and reasoning skills to help train the brain to connect with the heart and spirit because what's happened is People want to awaken their intuition and we hear things like, trust your heart, listen to your heart, trust your intuition. But what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. And how do we know? Because we're in this paradigm, this time on earth where people are inundated with so much information and they've externalized so many of their own decisions and their ability to make decisions that they're very far from their heart. And even yeah. the concept of, I, I really don't even know what it, the right move is for me. So that's why I really take it back down to the basics of helping people understand the physical body. And then I, I start to like in my teachings, like isolate essentially different parts of their energetic field. So we can start to move layer by layer, understand your mental planes, your emotional planes, how they communicate. And so that's my approach on it. Yeah, I, I really, really, really like maybe we could go through the bioenergetic field mm-hmm. a bit and understanding it better because I do agree with everything that you're saying 
So can we start with layer by layer and like how we can start to develop each layer or start to come into a place of balance with, with all the layers of our auric field? Sure, absolutely. And I think this is the, a great approach to it as well. And before I get into it, I'll say with a lot of the new age spiritual community, there is a huge emphasis on having out-of-body experiences and whether it's through artificial methods or uh just trying to leave their body and have these crazy astral experiences. But what happens is they're not bringing the other etheric layers into it. So they end up falling into illusions and distortions and false traps, which is where it's important to understand what the astral plane is and where you're going. So with the physical body, the physical body is. Can I ask a question real quick? Isn't we're also making ourselves very vulnerable and susceptible to false light. Yes, absolutely. So the physical body is the incredible, brilliant vessel that we have here on earth, which the soul comes through and it is how we experience life here. And which is why nutrition, exercise, sleep are always so emphasized in true spiritual work and why in traditional occult trainings, people would train the physical body first and really get healthy and get strong because your physical body is also a reflection of the soul, which is why when you start to do personal development, you'll find your diet changes or your sleep pattern change. Even your physical body is going to shift as well. So it's important to really, really take care of yourself, but understand what works for you, what works for you. There is no right or wrong thing. If anything, I'm not a licensed nutritionist or anything that's where I want to go as well I want to bring nutrition into this but eat real foods and find what works for you which is why teachings of Ayurveda are so powerful and very very beneficial because you have you noticed I'm curious have you noticed as as you've grown spiritually and become more embodied bringing your spirit into your body your your what you used to eat is no longer what you eat anymore a little bit and I, I would say yes, yes. Like things like alcohol left my life. Yes. Um, I, I started eating a lot more fruit. That was yes. one thing. It's a change and like mostly plant-based, but like, I can't even tolerate like anything processed, even if yeah. it's like organic corn yeah. chips. I'm like, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't ever like limit myself. Like if, but I, for the most part, like everything I eat is completely cooked and homemade. So I noticed there was things that my body just rejected a lot as well and, and how I became more sensitive. So I was noticing subtle shifts, even if it was mm-hmm. like waking up in the middle of the night and I was like, what did I eat? Or like, I, I, can't tolerate sugar either like I feel like Mm. it's a drug and I never really had a big sweet tooth but if I bake it has to be like low sugar and things like maple syrup or coconut sugar or something so I did notice a heightened sensitivity yeah I I definitely agree with that because I just had french fries like three days ago and I my I could not stomach it yeah like I can't stand sugar at all anymore Mm -hmm. like it's so it's really interesting I'm I'm keep going, but I feel like our sensitivity mm-hmm. to all forms of energy also increases, but I want to hear you talk. So keep going. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and that's exactly it. When you open up spiritually in a sense of you're starting to look at life from different angles and invite your spirit in, which is what we do in meditation. Ultimately, you are becoming more sensitive 
And your sensitivity though is a gift. And this is something that I had to learn for my first 20 years of life that my sensitivity, when I didn't want to go to practice, when I needed more sleep, when I didn't want to eat this food, it wasn't because I was too sensitive or weak. It was really because I couldn't tolerate it. So when you start to open up spiritually, you're going to become more sensitive because you are essentially establishing a relationship with the different layers within your energetic field. And that's what psychic abilities are simply an extension of your physical senses. You're just starting to connect with them and learn how to read subtle shifts in energy. So the physical body is very important. And this is when you start to then move into the mental and emotional planes. This is where Mm -hmm. the concept of inner work happens and Mm -hmm. understanding all of the conditioned beliefs you may have or programming, understanding the root of your belief systems and your values and decisions in life. And this is where we are always, always evolving because this is what life on earth is about is learning how to apply wisdom and knowledge. And so we come to earth to experience emotions and we have to learn to work with them and understand when we are suppressing them and bypassing them, not acknowledging them because emotions are energy. And if we're not acknowledging our emotions, they're going to create things like blocks or distortions. This is where energy healers come in and start to read fields and heal and bring in light. And because our physical bodies are a manifestation of the unseen, if we're not dealing with our emotions, we're going to feel it in our body. This is how physical pain can manifest sometimes illness, digestive issues, um, I talk a lot about this in my course as well with how, how energy essentially moves through the different fields and how we can, when we start to understand, say, our psychological functions on earth, um, we can then start to better read and gauge our own energy field because we, this is our energetic fields of technology. Mm-hmm. And so emotions are technology, our, our thoughts are a technology, and it's learning how to essentially and be able to control it. So the mental and emotional plane is where we're always healing and working, but where it gets tricky for people is when you really start to experience spiritually, you'll find that all of a sudden your fears come to your forefront because Mm -hmm. your spirit is always trying to get you into equilibrium. And so this may mean dealing with fears from past lives, something that you have been holding onto for incarnational cycles. And this is where people get stuck. They either try to bypass this work. Um, or find that they don't know how how the tools to get through it. And so fields like spiritual psychology, I think are going to grow tremendously in the coming decades because we need a blend of both of understanding the mental and emotional patterns from our earthly plane. And then also what is our spirit trying to get us to do? This is a theme we have to work through. Mm -hmm. So there's so many complexities to this because it's unique to every individual, depending on what they're doing. But this is where a lot of the inner work comes in. This is where I I come in as an intuitive and energy healer is helping people understand the root of consciousnesses in their field. Because as you start to move past that, and this is when people start to want to have out-of-body experiences, um, or where healers go when they connect to Akashic records is we connect with our astral body. And our astral body is what we take into essentially other worlds. This is when we have dreams, our astral Mm body is moving. So the development of the astral body, though, happens over lifetimes. And that's something Mm -hmm. that's just not even just on Earth. It's in other worlds as well. And the astral body is really connected. I would say it is a medium between the spirit and the physical body as well. Mm. So there's so many tools that are available to us to understand how to work through all of these layers and what it means to bring in spirit. And 
that's something I'm so passionate about teaching from mm. a metaphysical perspective. Mm. So it's the physical body, the mental body, the emotional body, the astral body. Yeah, I would say like the, so you have your physical body, then we have the etheric layers and that's where it's the emotional body and mental body. And they start to really cross hairs a lot as well. Um, the emotions is what people tend to hit first mm-hmm. and the etheric body, as I say, um, when you are, for instance, it's something we all have. And as a teacher and as a guide, I'm telling people, I'm like, I'm just helping you acknowledge that it's there and help mm-hmm. you work through it. Mm-hmm. And yes. So to answer your question, we have our etheric layers and then move into the astral body. And then beyond there is when we start to go into higher parts of our consciousness and other, other parts of, I would say like our divine will, our purpose. Uh, some people refer to it as their blueprint or template sits above the astral body. Yeah. So like what I'm really hearing you say, it's like, we have to heal where we are right now in the experience we are and what keeps showing up in our life before we can go upward. Exactly. <laughs> and we, we tend to do it the opposite way. Exactly. And this is where I've seen people abuse plant medicine. And there what happens is, is like a lot of people gravitate towards plant medicine, because it's um, a teacher plants are teachers, um, but people abuse it. And so they're trying to tether into or anchor into higher frequencies, and they end up just falling into the lower astral plane. And then they do some real damage to their energetic body, because they're trying to essentially sever cords or passageways to higher bodies and it, it creates blind spots this is where like there can be tears in energetic fields or holes and um, you get like stuff. implants entity attachments yep all of that mm-hmm. so because i i feel like i do a lot of astral traveling when i'm dream dream state yeah. um so we hit the lower astral plane first before we could move into higher, the higher astral plane mm-hmm. and then move into mm-hmm. 5d. What's the, the fifth dimension, right? Right. So when you are going say at night, you're having astral experiences, you're going into other worlds where you go, is going to be very unique to your soul. So mm. ultimately the concept of going to the lower astral in order to pierce through that and to go into higher parts of the astral plane, because the astral plane is so big that takes, that's depending on really your soul's consciousness. You're going to be pulled based off your soul's energy and your imprint and who you are, your soul's character. So in terms of going through the lower astral, it can take, it, it's so unique to an individual because for instance, like I've encountered souls who are advanced, but they're not bringing their consciousness down and say they're, they're, they're not working on their pain body. So because of that, they're tethering into the lower astral. Do they have the potential to go in higher worlds? Absolutely. But their earthly body, their earthly consciousness is not capitalizing on their powers and abilities. And that's quite common these days. So the, why people fall into the lower astral is because they're bypassing their work. And, and also they're not understanding, I would say, the occult mechanics of this work as well. Yeah, because the message I got like really clearly a couple years ago is you have to, you have to be pure in your field now, like here and now. I don't even know how to describe it, but it was like the layers that make up, give you density, because it's more than just what's happening in your physicality, but it's your, like you said, your mental, emotional, etheric bodies before you can bring higher consciousness that's actually benevolent and divine and not tap into like dark 
Yes, exactly. You have to really be working on your frequency and be able to train your consciousness to prepare to go into higher worlds and other worlds as well. So it's working on the mental and emotional bodies as well as the physical body and being able to ground it down because oftentimes people can have these spiritual experiences, these psychic out-of-body experiences, but they just get fragments of things. They don't quite remember things. And they're not integrating it. They're not embodying it. And one of the most Mm. powerful things that we can do as souls here on earth is to tap into our higher consciousness and innovate and create and bring that down onto earth and create something to serve others. Yes, that's beautiful. I want to share something though. I had a dream couple. No, I drew my, on my birthday this year where I was in a classroom and we were studying the serious star system. Mm -hmm. And I drew the serious star system at the time of its birth. Yeah. And I showed it to the teacher and the teacher was like, yep, that's exactly it. This is the birth of the serious star system. And I, and I remember this dream so vividly that I had to wake up and like draw the, draw like this weird coordinate thing on a piece of paper Very cool. and experiences like that. When you have experiences like that, let's say you do remember your starseed origins just to say because you were cosmic beings is that you bypassing the the four the lower astral plane and moving beyond into higher levels of consciousness it's like you're getting exposed to information because you're ready for it sure i think where we the best way to discern information in terms of a dream state or a deep meditation is understand how you feel because the tricky thing about the lower astral is And this is why within the spiritual community, false light is a big issue. And especially within the galactic consciousness, because galactic Mm -hmm. consciousness is, it's new. And there's a, it's, it's so out there, but it's big and popular. And it's, what's happened is, um, I would say people who are just tethering into the lower astral are still talking about star seeds and galactic information, but they're just repeating the same types of information. And that's always a sign it could be coming from the lower astral. But if you had a dream and you woke up and you felt excited and you needed to record it, it's probably because you were going into another world and were guided to receive that information and somehow bring it into this earthly plane through teachings, through cosmic wisdom, for instance. So Mm -hmm. the lower astral, the reason it's so tricky is because in in a sense of when people talk about it or like, oh, this channeler is so nice, like how could they be from the lower astral? It's like the lower astral isn't necessarily demonic. Um, There's many gradations to it. And there's what happens is um, I would say like a few signals to understand what the lower astral is, is if information feels like it's been repeated, like you keep hearing these same concepts again and again and again, because higher consciousness is innovative. It's creative. It's one of a kind and it vibrates at a higher frequency. Also when information becomes very regurgitated, Mm. and it's like this is not relevant to earth or people have been talking about that 200 years ago like it's not relevant to earth anymore Mm. and what happens is when you're repeating information whether it's from an old book or a previous teacher and it's not relevant to the time it turns into dark magic Mm. so a lot of these channelers are also they don't understand the metaphysics or the mechanics of what it means to really channel and harness information and they're trying to open up like whether it's however they think they're leaving their body if they're moving through a portal or a wormhole or something and they don't really know what they're doing that's always a sign to me as well um, that they could be going into the lower astral plane and 
yet at the same time, it doesn't have to be rocket science. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just using your discernment with what the information feels like to you. That's really, I really love that you said that because my journey has been really interesting because I've been tapping into higher consciousness most of my life. And it's like, it's, I don't know if you feel this way, but sometimes I feel like, like I'm in a world that doesn't belong and you're just like trying to find your footing because the way you look at life and the way the information you receive when you're in your Um, I don't know how to say it, but it's like when I am in deep states of stillness within myself, um, it feels like it's information that's never been like out here. And I know for me, my struggle has been like trusting it Mm -hmm. because it's, it's something you can't bounce back with in a way. It just is like a knowing in your being. Mm Absolutely. Absolutely. But it, 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 it doesn't, I don't know how to describe this. Like, I think you get, I want to talk about discernment because it's so big. And I feel like some people are naturally really good at this. And I think it's because of years and years of stretching themselves and, and picking through the layers of their own trauma or pain or suffering mm-hmm. and um, not giving their power away. I want to talk to you about discernment because how, because I think, I mean, if anything, it's like it's it's time to be in such an acute state of discernment right now, ever than ever before. Absolutely, and Earth is a school of mastery in a sense of there are so many different climates, so many different languages, so many different foods. We are exposed to many, many different types of energies on Earth, which is why people come, people as in souls, come down to Earth to learn how to apply knowledge and navigate a very, very complex dimension. So I like to remind people that too, to sort of just lessen the charge a little bit about having to perfect everything or know everything because it's supposed to be dynamic down here. And Mm -hmm. When it comes to discernment, and yes, you're right, we are in an age with everything being on the internet, social media, so much, so many, so much information, so many bots, so many perspectives, what does it mean to discern? And how do I know what is of the highest truth? And first, it starts within you. And I like to explain to people as well that if you want to connect to that consciousness of freedom, of knowing that I have the ability to be a sovereign being in a sense of making my own decisions, working through my own growth and acting upon my truth. I first have to understand my mind and understand myself. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what you were saying before about understanding all of our own layers, because how are you going to discern the truth in the world if you don't even know the truth within yourself? Mm -hmm. And we are always going to be tested again and again and again of acting upon our truth because there's a lot of traps people do fall into and, those traps so i'll slide this in here with the idea of um some false spiritual teachings around like oh you attract what you are so if you're attracting something bad it's because of you it's like well we need to we need to like go a little deeper into that because you're you are going to attract what your soul wants you to attract and sometimes those are negative experiences for you to work through there's nothing wrong with you for doing that but if you are acting upon selfishness and pride and ego, maybe you need to have an attitude check. You probably do then. So this is where it gets so individual. And so same with the concept of discernment. And I encourage people to practice discernment by really understanding their belief systems, really getting down to the root of those. And then exposing yourself to information that is opposing your belief systems and taking note of how you feel. Mm. What thoughts come up for you? What emotions are coming up for you? 
Are you being reactive? Do you see the other side? Are your beliefs starting to evolve? It's a way to establish a relationship with your consciousness because when you really start to understand how information makes you feel, meaning information that's coming from outside of you, you're then going to be able to read that energy of that subtle shift of, whoa, there's a frequency coming to me and it just is making my stomach burn. And every time that happens, I know I need to step away. So it's about kind of understanding all the little nuances within your own field and having these own ways of measuring energetic shifts. Cause that's how you understand your truth is being able to measure the quality of energies. Mm. So it's really just the ability to really read energy. Yeah, it is. And discernment too, in a sense of, yes, it's important to be patient and to let information sit as well with you, not having to make a decision of, if this is of my highest good or not, sometimes it can take days, weeks, depending on the information, it could take a life cycle to understand. Like if you're in a lot of themes around relationships, how to discern what's good for you. And that can be based off your own soul's initiations that it's, it's choosing to go through as well. Now, if we talk about discernment within spiritual teachings, I think we have to keep in mind where we are in this world and that right now in this current cycle of earth, there is a lot of darkness We're we're fighting a lot of battles. People are purging. So we have to remind ourselves that if there's so much darkness happening in a sense of people's pain coming up, we have to use our extra discernment with every parts of our lives as well. So keeping in mind the bigger picture is really helpful and always letting information sit within yourself for some time too and playing around with it and dissecting it like a spiritual scientist would and really understanding um, the way in which people come to conclusions in their life. So say you're listening to a teacher and they're sharing all this wisdom about say galactic history or earth's history let it sit with you. Listen to another teacher, listen to a few different perspectives, you know, really broaden your horizons with it and expose yourself to different information. And this goes with any field ultimately. Um, And take note of how things make you feel, what emotions come up, what thoughts come up. How does your physical body feel? Because your physical body is the last stop for spiritual information. And then it's being able to read those shifts and then move forward with a sense of trust and while also being detached. I love that you said this because I do this pretty often with teachers and a lot of teachers that are spiritual teachers right now. I'm just like, I just shake my head because I'm just like, no, (laughs) next. Absolutely. Uh, um, But it's interesting because I'm just going to give an example. I was listening to Bashar um, and I liked his teachings in the beginning about, you know, understanding the metaphysics and the physical nature of how to use your thoughts and your emotions and all that. But I was listening to a clip of his where he was talking about like creating some kind of machine that can help you access higher consciousness or something. And I was like, I got like just an immediate no in my energy field. Like my energy was like contracted immediately. And I love that you said is just feel into how you're like, how your body's reacting to information as well. But because it, but because, but also because the mind is going to come in really quickly and try to override and be like, oh, it's okay. It's da 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 da. Exactly. Yes. And I have a lot of videos on the false light um, from like the spring of 2021. And what's happened is, and this is something that 
I think is important to share, we're going to see a lot of splits and weird stuff happen in the spiritual community in a sense of like you mentioned with Bashar. I'm not familiar with his teachings, except someone did share a video with me of like him wanting to invite an aliens into the earthly plane, like and welcoming welcoming them in. So I was like, his teachings from like when he first started channeling Bashar were good, but now yeah. they're just getting like super like AI and like yeah. like artificial intelligence. Yeah, all of that. I'm just like, exactly. okay, no, thank you. And and this has happened, I think, with like all the big spiritual influencers, they are sellouts and they're completely infiltrated in their fields in a sense that they're just anchoring into the lower astral plane. And so we're going to start to see weird things happen like, oh, hook up to a machine and connect to your dead grandmother. Drink this tea to enter other worlds. So there's going to be weird AI transhumanist infiltration in spiritual teachings definitely and we're already seeing it but I do feel it's going to pick up even more especially with people gravitating towards psychedelics like we're hearing more people move towards that it's going to be the same thing like oh just take this pill and you know connect with your spirit guide Mm -hmm. so discernment exactly exactly and it is like you said being able to read your energetic field and this is what's so fun about this like work is we all have our own way of reading energy and there are so many different types of psychic abilities out there. And now we're seeing more people awaken to cosmic abilities, like channeling galactic beings. And that is also, I want to say it's not new, but it is more mainstream. Like there's always been ancient mystery schools that have had relationships with like beings in other worlds, but, and it's, people aren't also not necessarily trained to be able to take in that information. So they're either taking it on and it doesn't align with their belief systems and they're, so I should say rather what also can happen is they're taking on, doesn't align with their belief systems. It's not relevant to the time. And then there's all these karmic repercussions starting to happen again because people aren't ready for information. So then they dismiss it as a conspiracy theory Mm -hmm. and it's like, well, if there's some truth to that, but you're just not at the consciousness to understand it. And that's okay. Cause you're on your own path. Mm-hmm. So there's all this like overlap with information right now. Yeah. You see that, you see that a lot right now. Um, the, the key words that, you know, I feel like my work itself has evolved more into sovereignty and yeah. the process I call is coming home to yourself. I love that. And that is also like discernment external information but also being able to um develop like i don't i i'm I'm losing words because i just keep getting like like waves of energy but i can't put them into words right now how do we develop let's just say how do we start because it's discernment is going to be first and foremost first understanding your own energy field and your own frequency and I think understanding what your what your energy and what your frequency feels like and it's going to start with peeling about the peeling back all those layers of trauma of pain of the emotions of looking your belief systems right so like how can we start to start that process a bit or start to unpack that Well, I think if you're trying to understand what truth feels like to you is start with low risk decisions in your life. 
in a sense of getting to the root of why you eat certain foods, why you go to bed at a certain hour, why you act to certain exercise modalities and start to establish a relationship with your values and your belief systems within your day-to-day consciousness. Because as you start to gravitate into those bigger concepts, like what I believe about the world, how I feel about my relationships, uh, you have to prepare yourself to do that because when you start to establish that relationship with your day-to-day life and you understand why you do what you do and you get to know who you are as a person, you're also building up more light for yourself because you're starting to bring in that heart energy of living in the present moment and also allowing an inner force within you to guide you at least to explain why do I eat this food and how does it make me feel? Because what happens is if people try to jump into shadow work, which is a common term and that inner work too soon, they can see stuff. They're like, Whoa, I do not want to unpack that yet. And so they either try to bypass it or suppress it, or they say, okay, I just got to get my shadow work done. And they go into the darkness and then they don't know how to get out because they haven't built up enough light. So they have to start to build up that self-trust within yourself and lead with a sense of sincerity, like be very sincere with this work because there's no reason to have shame and guilt that that may come up for you because you have an unhealed relationship that you have to resolve from this lifetime or, or some sort of pattern. So it comes in small steps if you want to do this in the long run. And also the reason it's so important to just start with the foundations of what do I believe about myself? What do I value about myself? Understand your relationships. You're also then building up a, a resilient foundation to be able to see past life stuff to work on. And to really capitalize on your experiences on earth too. Tell me if this is how you work with organic reality. But for me, how I've started to do this, I guess let's let's just say healing work, diving into my conscious, my consciousness and my history, especially because I have a history of a lot of trauma is I play with organic reality as in like, what's showing up for me in my reality because like your spirit is always trying to bring you back into equilibrium. And this is scientifically proven too. your mind is also trying to bring you back into equilibrium. So I always like to see like, what's coming up for me. Okay. I keep running into the same thing. Okay. There, that's the healing right there. You don't have to go digging to what to fix. Absolutely. I love that because I'm like, let spirit show you life is your best teacher. And there's, There's so many incredible, brilliant universal laws working on our behalf, but are we listening? Are we Mm -hmm. trying to control? Are we manifesting anger into our lives? Are we trying to control people and situations? Let's surrender. This is where the Eastern teachings of be present come in. And there's a really incredible message behind the concept of be present because when you are present, you are working with organic time. Mm -hmm. Let, Let the universe show you, let your spirit show you, because like you said, when you want to do shadow work or grow, your spirit will show you when you're ready. You don't need to jump ahead. You don't need to dive into it. You may not even need to go back into your past. Mm-hmm. Your spirit may be just trying to get you into the future for the next obstacle. Mm-hmm. I find that same way with like books and teachers appear, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like you're like, for example, I found you on Twitter. Yeah. Right. And it was just the right, I just needed to find you. And and I always, someone told me this and tell me if you, this is your experience too, or you, what, what this is, your higher self will arrange the meeting before you actually meet that person in your physical life. 
Yeah, I think this is where like soul contracts come in or just working with the law of resonance in the universe in a sense of you're looking for someone in your life to help support your business or a teacher and that impulse of, okay, I'm ready to learn something new or I'm ready to connect with like-minded individuals. Something that's coming from the higher self also is coming down through the astral body. And in order to, again, read the difference between what's a lower desire, when am I when people go off, say, status, money, fame versus the higher self, which is connection, universal consciousness. So yes, from one perspective, our soul, spirits, energies commingle, they meet, they agree to do certain things. And this is how like relationship contracts play out. And then you start to feel an impulse to go somewhere and boom, you meet a very important person in your life. Mm -hmm. So there definitely is, I think, a brilliance behind connections. Yeah, reminds me there's nothing to figure out here. Um, This is a question that I have. What is the Earth's relationship with the lower astral plane? Because as I have seen it or understood it, is that there's like the lower astral plane is like sitting on top of the 3D. So I explain it as it's not so linear in a sense that the Mm -hmm. astral world, world is here. It's on Mm. us. It's the lower astral is here on earth, which is why like healers, clairvoyants who can see energy around people, they're also tapping into starting to move into other densities. So the third dimension is there's so many densities within it. Same with the fourth dimension, which is known as the astral world. So many densities within it. The lower astral is the closest we have to earth in a sense. The matter is so dense. So in a sense of when people are tapping into the lower astral, they're not necessarily leaving the earthly plane because it's, it is a higher frequency. It is a higher density, but it, because it's vibrating at a higher frequency, we can't necessarily see it with the naked eye. Some people can. Um, So it's here and it's, it's just, um, if you want to like practice studying that you could like pick up a rock or a crystal and start to really focus on it and then start to see subtle shifts around it. And that's when you're starting to pick up, pick up on astral matter. Mm. Okay. That's beautiful. I want to get into, I mean, everything that we talked about is developing your intuition and increasing your sensitivity, but we talk about being coming into the heart and tuning into the energy of the heart and developing our intuition where do we begin it's such a great question uh, the idea of listen to your heart just follow your heart it's the heart is it's not just a hallmark card or a birthday card or something you send to a family member it is a brilliant brilliant technology that we've been endowed with here and our heart is the meeting point between the physical and spiritual worlds. It is the transmitter of information. That being said, I like to remind people when you're learning to listen to your heart, it's not going to just be love and light. It's mm-hmm. at first, you may feel like, whoa, again, I've got to deal with some, some, something that may come up from my past or some emotions that are unresolved, or maybe I didn't heal that breakup from years ago. And I still need to work through some layers because your heart is trying to get you into that flow, into that present moment. So it's going to show you everything you need to. So again, the concept of working with your organic reality, present moment energy, when it comes to tuning into the heart, take note of where you feel like you're stopping yourself from acknowledging certain things and whether it's past energies or the future as well. 
when it comes to the heart, our heart is always going to try to get us to take risks as well and take us Mm -hmm. into that next threshold. And when we get those hits, like it's time for me to move, it's time for me to end this relationship or start a business, we don't necessarily know the end game. And that can mean because it's coming from a heart and a heart is also going to train us to learn how to trust it. Mm. experiences through taking those quantum leaps in our life through leading with integrity leading with courage the heart will show us how to shape our values and how to really uphold and embody and integrate more of our soul's essence and consciousness so through the heart we're going to have to take risks so if you don't know if you're trying to decide like I don't know if I should move to the city. Like, I feel like I have an impulse to, but how do I know it's in my best and highest good? Well, start with a low risk decision or do something different in your life. Do something that scares you. Do something different and then start to see how you feel when you do something different because your heart's going to want you to take that risk. So start to train yourself to understand what it feels like to make change in your life. Oftentimes, I would say a big reason people block their heart is because they want to stay in their comfort zone. They don't want to do anything differently. And because the heart is transmitting information, your higher self is like, we want to change. We want to grow. We have so many tasks to complete here on earth. So I would say overall is try different things in your life. Try different foods to start off with or read a different book or drive to the grocery store a different way. See how you feel and, and, and just play around with the idea of what does it mean to listen to my heart through those low risk decisions. I have a question for you that you're saying this because I've had this strong feeling of it's time for me to move Mm. where I live Mm -hmm. in my heart. It just is like, it's time. I'm not growing here anymore. The reason why I was here is completing to move on, but, but that the, but the actual, where am I moving to? Where am I going to go? like that process is not beginning oh. versus I just have a knowing of it's time to move. I need yeah. to leave this place. Have you started looking at different places? I have. And it's interestingly enough, like when, when your sensitivity increases and mine has just gone off the, off the charts, especially after my Saturn return, mm. I can't stand busy places and busy spaces. Mm. Yep. You need that earth. earth yeah. And, and I, and I actually, for the land. Yeah. Yeah. And I have this like calling to live on the land and, and toil the land and nurture the land and build a home on the land. And all of this, like it's this whole concept of home for me is so big in my life mm-hmm. yet. And I go on these walks. I mean, I, where I live is beautiful. Like I live in the mountains and there's so much nature, but I go on these walks and my like heart is aching to just be in, in the land and infuse in the land and, and bringing more like water and um, earth energy into my life. Yeah. Yeah. But there is nothing happening in organic reality. Right. Well, and also because you're very sensitive, you're picking up on potentials and future timelines as well. So you're getting that impulse, like I need to start thinking about moving. And that could be probably within the next year. And I would say if you're starting to figure out where to move is to really start to communicate with your spirit with where do you want to go next? Where do we need to do our work? Especially if you're drawn to the land, you're probably doing grid work as well. You're infusing Gaia with light and you're opening up your own organic portal, say to nurture Gaia too. Oftentimes a lot of empath sensitive beings are doing that too. They're drawn towards certain places because they may have 
um, a contract or somewhere to do work just with themselves in a certain place. So have you asked to be shown certain places as well, like where to go next? Or are you kind of just playing around with the feeling of, oh, I got to move, but I don't know where? It's really interesting. I, I've always been drawn to the Hawaiian Islands. I listened to like Hawaiian music before I got into, onto, into yeah. recording this and I was just like crying. But um, I also, I live, let me just, I live in Colorado. So that's where I live right now. And the energy here is very masculine and it's a lot of seeking energy. And I'm looking for something that's more soft and sensual and like the earth can hold me and wanting to birth something, but wanting to, wanting to birth something in a very, like, like being held space Um, Mm -hmm. and mountains and water keep coming up, but I have no idea in terms of like geographically where in the world that is. But the reason I ask is because you have this longing for it, but like, it's like, I'm sitting, I'm like, come on. Like, I'm like spirit guides, higher self. Like, where are we going? Like, you're just, I have a seed planted, but it's just gestating or something within me right now. So what you can start to do if we're dealing with those feelings, because we have the knowing that it's going to happen at some point is start to take action doing it. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes spirit, it, I would say, Spirit needs to meet you at a certain point. It needs you to kind of get the wheels moving. It needs you to start to move. So start to look at those apartments, start to reach out to certain leasing agents in different places, take action, and then spirit will meet you. Because all of a sudden, you're going to hear from a ton of people in one city, you're going to find that beautiful apartment, and all of a sudden, the other ones are going to fall down. So start taking the action. And this is like, sometimes we don't know what to do next. Like, I don't know what my presentation is supposed to look like for work or those things we do every day, start doing it. And the next thing you know, you're going to get into the flow. Mm, That's really beautiful. You said that because oftentimes I get, I will get like downloads. It's just like sentences or like this. And it's like, but the rest of the information is in here. And then I'll sit down and then it's like, boom, it all comes through right then and there. Spirit has to meet us at a certain frequency. And this is the same thing with like the concept of guides or connecting with other aspects of ourselves. Sometimes like the, the energies can only drop down so far that we've got to go do what we love because what you love to do is connect into the heart and that will help get you into the present moment. And that's when we receive the next move. That's beautiful. I love that you shared that. If we talk more about intuitive development, Mm -hmm. where can we start with that? I know we're all intuitive. I feel like some of us are more turned on and more online than others. Absolutely. And again, it just feels like the more you purify yourself, that's the word that comes up for me. It's the more, the more honed your frequency and your energy field becomes, Mm -hmm. right? And the more you're able to just know things. Exactly we're all at different levels of consciousness. We've also chosen to come down with certain parts of our consciousness to embody easier. Spirituality is purification. It is not just integrating higher aspects of ourselves. It's also transmuting a lot and burning off parts of ourselves. And that's going to be evolving and very unique to every individual as well. So when it comes to intuition development, yes, purification is important and studying spiritual science and the study of consciousness, because 
we have these incredible brains, these spiritual organs here on earth to help us interpret information. And oftentimes people don't bring that into the work in the intuitive work and can jump into mindfulness techniques, which are great, but the concept of shutting off your mind and just listening to the heart, it's really ungrounded still. And we have to bring that grounded approach into learning to listen to our intuition and call in those experiences to help us apply our intuition. Because sometimes we get those ideas, but do we run with it? Do we, we think of how many people have these great ideas. I want to start a business. It'd be so great if there was an app for this, or if there was a business model for this, then go do it. Hmm. People get blocked. They get scared. And that is that moment in which you don't listen to the, your intuition. That is your opportunity to understand what is blocking you from embodying it or for really applying your innovative skills because mm-hmm. we all have unique creative expressions I mean we all chose to come down here at a specific time as well so play around with your creativity and see where you're preventing yourself because the conditioned human mind wants to stay very locked in and this is where we can get into conversations of like occult influences or the matrix or something of understanding that there are everyone has different layers to really uh, pull back on and purify. Yeah. What's, what's one book you would recommend that's in the spiritual science as a good starting point. You mentioned Rudolf Steiner, but I'm curious if you have any specific book that would be a great place to begin. Uh, I don't, I mean, I would recommend my courses because that's why I created them. That's my innovative project, spiritual science to the public in a way that is academic and pragmatic. Uh, because that was the missing piece for me. It was like, no one's talking about spiritual science in a way where you don't have to know about spirituality. You don't have to like know about Greek gods or like ancient mysticism to go into this work. And Steiner's great. Um, His work can be a little overwhelming for people because it was written over a century ago. So, um, you know, the study and same thing with this, study of consciousness, which I think is going to be a bigger field in in this incarnation as well. It's really interesting. I've been finding myself uh, moving towards a little bit more towards neuroscience and understanding the brain right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Spirituality is moving towards quantum physics, mysticism, uh, galactic wisdom. And so the neuroscience part is going to be huge. And that's where we have to use our discernment as well with like AI and transhumanist stuff though. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just been super powerful. Like, again, I always, like for me, I always tell people, just see, look at organic reality and what's showing up for you. That's, that's always follow the path right there. It's in front of you. I want to get into something you, 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 I think this is in one of your courses, esoteric astrology. Yes. Yes, it is. I want to ask you what that is. So esoteric astrology is, I would say, a level up from Western Nirvana. And what I mean by that is when you have an idea of what your astrological chart is, for instance, it's more about your personality as well as discusses the life of the soul, depending on that density that you're in within astrology teachings and Western Vedic, they all have their own thing um, in a sense of interpretations in various charts. Esoteric astrology is interpreting your chart from the lens of a soul. And it's, purely scientific based in a sense it discusses more about how all of the planetary spheres are celestial bodies meaning they have their own souls there are also initiatory bodies meaning when you chose to incarnate on this earthly plane 
all of the energies of those planets and the archetypes were imbued within your energetic vessel. So this is where in my course, I talk about how energy moves through the ethers and it comes down through the earthly plane into your physical body. How does astrology really affect us? How does it really work from a scientific perspective? Now, each one of us has our own relationship with the planetary spheres. And esoteric astrology to me is that missing piece between galactic wisdom and traditional astrology, because what's happened is we see more people move into the Pleiades and Sirius, but they don't understand our own star system, our incredible solar system that we have. And there's all these portals and gateways that say Sirius comes down through. And so esoteric astrology discusses higher consciousness, but it helps you interpret your own chart and life path. So every planetary sphere, every archetype is also explaining all the obstacles that your soul's going through, the initiations, the karmic patterns, and then the houses show you how you're going to be applying that into your life. Oh, really interesting. Okay. So this was an interesting other question is what if you're somebody, I, for example, have five planets in the second house, all in Capricorn. Mm-hmm. So when you have that kind of, I don't know, it's a crowded room, what's going on? Absolutely. So it's a stellium. Mm-hmm. And there's a hyper focus of any energy that's a big focus for the soul. And in a sense of there's going to be a lot of energy applied in that certain area of your life. Now, what's so amazing about the second house is the second house is all about your spiritual resources and values. So you are always going to be uncovering more and more of your soul's knowledge throughout this path. And when you say start to study your Saturn placement and understand, wow, that's so much what it is. Just wait, you're going to learn more and more about it. The second house is so rich in resources. And also the second house is really connected to shaping the values of the soul. Capricorn is connected to passing a lot of initiations around advancing spiritually. So to me, when I see a lot of second house energy, and especially in Capricorn, I would feel that the soul is definitely here to take on a lot in one lifetime and get through it. And I mean, you have free will, you get to decide ultimately how much of like your karma you want to work through. But the second house is about shaping your values and, and as well as being a leading force in other people's life. So the second, when I look at esoteric astrology, it's looking at things from the lens of the soul, but the stellium is, okay, the soul's like, we're focusing so much in this one area of the life, of a human life, say, within an incarnational pattern. Oh, wow. That's really beautiful that you said it in that way, because I've had this strong urge my whole life. We're on a mission and we need to, yeah. we can't, we, there's no time. Yeah. We're running out of time and we need to get through everything we need to get through. I've always <laughs> felt this like strong urgency yeah, to like, future. but also um, remind yourself like, so Capricorn though is uh, the goat up the mountain. So you're always going to be going up slow and steady and you may have to take a few step backs look over details again, move a little back, back up. And Capricorn is all about passing really big initiations and advancing spiritually. So it feels like that's what your soul came down to do is really advance a lot in this lifetime, gain a lot of wisdom and knowledge. So you can then, well, I should say where you'll be tested is how you apply it, how you're teaching other people, how you're of service to others. Cause when that goat hits that top of the mountain, it comes right back down to serve humanity and go into the more lower vibrational aspects of this world. You're bringing your light into many different facets of the dynamics of earth. It's really interesting because I was going back to this, like 
this thing I've always felt is I get downloads of information all the time. And, and, and ironically, and I don't know if this is second house issue too, but money has always been a big theme in my life and outer resources as well. And there was this, there's always this deep desire to make money and like through my spiritual work and not so much in a, I don't want to say like an earthly way, but like in a very more innovative, creative spirit led way. Um, And it's been one of probably the biggest friction points in my life. Yeah. It's so interesting that I feel so well sourced internally a lot of my, a lot of the time, but externally it's like, doesn't match up. Mm-hmm. Well, and also the second house is connected to the energy of money and essentially looking at money as simply an energy form of consciousness. So the second house can also indicate the gains that are resulting from applying the wisdom and knowledge in the second house properly. And because you have that heavy Capricorn influence also ruled by Saturn. You're going to be tested a lot with how you apply your knowledge. Are you upholding higher virtues of leading with integrity and courage and service? Saturn will always bring in those rewards, but also anytime there's a Saturn influence in the chart, whether it's from the planet, um, oftentimes really any sort of aspect from the planet, there's stuff coming up from the past and it could be past incarnations as well of reshaping your values, how you apply your resources in life, how you apply also your internal energetic resources of the soul. So that second house reflects so many of the resources that you have as a soul that you chose to bring down. And you're always learning how to go deeper into them and tap into them and then be able to apply them in the world. And that's how you'll attract immense wealth in your life. It's really interesting. Is it all also have to do with like, uh, cause a lot of my struggles inner struggles have been like self-worth issues mm-hmm. feelings of worthlessness feelings like I am have no value like I have nothing to offer to the world yes it's been that crazy yeah yeah that's the second house second house is connected to your self-worth and how you also apply the voice in the world as well so the second house is confidence assertiveness it's that really that leading with that Taurus bull energy because Taurus does traditionally rule the second house. So if you're having issues around self-esteem and self-worth and lack of confidence, and the soul's like, hey, we got to work through that so we can apply this knowledge and then start to get in alignment with that universal flow of abundance as well. You nailed it on the head what the guidance I got. My higher self was like, Kajal, you got to get to the self-esteem yeah. stuff. Like your reservoir of information that's trying to pour through you, but you're just blocking yourself with the self-esteem stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny because I'm in knee deep in the self-esteem healing work right now, which is taking me back into my, into my childhood. Oh, so powerful. And Saturn's so- past. Mm-hmm. Saturn's what? Your past. And so that can be when you, where you have Saturn in your chart can say a lot about past healing that you may have to do as well. Same when transit Saturn, look to see where transit Saturn is in your chart. Past stuff may come up, past lives, the soul sees no time, just growth. And so Saturn, and because we all have a different relationship with different planetary spheres. So this is why, like, if you started to study Western astrology, Vedic, and you got a, you have a good handle on the chart, you get an idea of thing, but then you start to realize, well, just because I'm a Sagittarius rising and Saturn's, you know, moving through, what house is it going through right now for you? Oh, I have no idea. So would we going through your third if it's an Aquarius? But nevertheless, what happens is people are like, oh, if it must be, this is how, if an astrologer on Instagram says it's going through my third house, this must be what happens for me. 
that's not true because mm-hmm. esoteric astrology realizes that you are a unique individual and starts to go within the cell and understands that some people may get hit so hard in a Saturn return. Other people, no, it's fine because why they have a different incarnational patterns. We all have different karma to work through. So esoteric astrology is when you're really ready to go within your own unique path. And you see the bigger picture, you know, you know, you see, you really recognize that we all have our own soul's initiations and uh, there's no shame in any of this as well. And so overall, Saturn will bring back our past in many ways too, past life healing. How do we know when something's an initiation for us that's taking us to our next level on our soul's evolution in this lifetime? It's a great question. Uh, I feel like so many, so many people collectively are going through them right now. When you go, when you're about to make that quantum leap in your life, meaning you're ready to move into a new threshold of consciousness, you're ready to make that shift. And it doesn't have to be so drastic in a sense of like, oh, I'm breaking up with someone, I'm moving across the country. It can just be like, I'm ready to let this pattern go. You will not know what's next most of the time. You may have an idea of where you're going, but quantum leaps also mean learning to trust and surrender mm. the unknown. And you will be tested so hard before. You're going to have to really step up in a way and prove that, um, for instance, like say you're up against losing a job or starting a new job. You don't know what that next job is, but you're upholding your values and you're, you know, I'm leading with integrity and courage and love. And I know what's on the other side. I may not tangibly know what it is, but I know I'm going to feel empowered and going to be tested. So I think it's, it's dabbling in the unknown oftentimes, no matter how intuitive you are, we can only foresee so much because our souls also only want us to know so much. Mm, that's really beautiful. Oh, you, you really, yeah. So many people are going through so many initiations right now. Oh my gosh. I feel like this whole year was about individual growth. Mm-hmm. And the big, the integrity is such a big theme right now too, is staying, staying in your sovereignty. I feel like what you say, what you believe is matching up with your actions. Yep. Yes, um, exactly. Here's a really random question I want to ask you, because it just, it just came to me when you are becoming more sensitive, se- sensitive to reading energy. Mm-hmm. What if, like, for example, I start, I've started to see flashes of blue light everywhere. Mm. And I saw it multiple times while sitting here talking to you. And um, there was a big white light that popped up right, like in this space right here. What's happening? Yeah, that's so when we start to see things with the naked eye, in a sense of we're seeing the unseen, we're starting to tap more into our higher clairvoyance because mm. you're seeing astral matter from one perspective, you're perceiving uh, the unseen through the naked eye. So when you see lights and orbs, that can be also another form of your consciousness. And it can be a guide coming to visit you as well. Start to notice any shifts in your own energetic field. If you're starting to see things, um, it can be, I, I, I feel like it's part of like your consciousness coming in, like cheering you on right now. And like you're on the right path and like confirming a lot of things for you for sure. It's what it feels like. It feels very like angelic and gentle. And it's a way your, your consciousness when it comes in, cause some people get scared when they're like, I'm seeing orbs. And we have to remind ourselves that we're these brilliant, incredibly powerful beings and to get excited when we see those, cause it also means that we are strengthening our psychic abilities as well. Mm. And also, I also, one thing I remind myself is reading the energy of the moment and feeling how I'm feeling in my body. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah, because like I was I was sleeping last night and I felt like this like dark figure standing next to me. Oh yeah. Um, and maybe because I'm on my moon right now too, so I'm like super receptive. Yes. And I was like, nope. I just immediately went to nope. Yes. This is not welcome. And I and I just say like a prayer. I'm a, I'm a divine sovereign being of love and light, and I ask you to leave. Like I just say something like that. But I had no fear in my system. Well, that's great. Yeah. Great. And like our when we're, we're we're about to have those initiations or going through them, this is where like occult mechanics come in out of saying like sometimes we attract negative influences because our soul's like, are you ready? Are you ready? And then when you're like, I'm not scared of this, I'm gonna ask it to leave. It's like okay, like our we get tested a lot by our own selves, um, and some that's the whole thing about like psychic attacks. Is it coming from me? Am I also attracting like uh, hostile entities or something as well so that's awesome though that you were like get out of here <laughs> and that, that could also be a form of initiation for you yes yep okay yeah mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be just physical right definitely I mean and especially as and if you're in the intuitive field you're going to interact a lot of unseen energies like at night you feel heightened anxiety all of a sudden, or you're like afraid to walk in your bathroom with the lights off. It's like, okay, you're probably being tested because, or you're having a visitor (laughs) or both, but it's bringing that lighthearted approach to it. Because if you are say having like a hostile influence, like you're attracting like a, a low vibrational spirit. Yeah. It's good to check in with yourself. Like, how am I feeling? Because am I attracting this? is an initiation, but realizing like, okay, like I'm obviously here on earth and safe and protected. So like you can leave. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you this question. Do you feel like I feel this way? Certain teachers who are upholding in integrity, in their light, in their truth. And it's kind of like they're in their innocence as well. You know, Mm -hmm. they can initiate you by you just being in their energy field. Yeah, absolutely. I think we do that all the time to each other. Like, yeah. Teachers are simply souls who are holding certain frequencies and then they're initiating others into that frequency. And that can be Mm. through a conversation you have with someone like those life-changing conversations when you're like, wow, like I had met a soulmate in a day and I, now I know what I need to do in my life. It's because they initiated you into a frequency through the Mm. exchange of energy. We're Mm. so powerful being like, we're so powerful. We just have to sometimes take a step back and really observe the intelligence that happens here because the message that I got is because I've been programmed to be very academic focused and very results driven and career and external forms of success yeah and it was I followed the exact opposite path in my life yeah which was not not very academic focused but more intuitive listening to my heart listening to my um urges that were coming up And one of the messages I got is it's just like, you're not here to do in the world. You're here to be. And what that means is hold a container of a frequency. And just by holding that container of that specific frequency by becoming pure, Mm -hmm. that's like, you're going to create that. You're going to do your work in this way. Yes. And, And I got that message and I was like, but that's so different. That's not how we're programmed to be in society and do our jobs. Exactly it. And it's embodying that frequency, which is why at the beginning of our conversation, when we were both saying how we're sensitive to food, 
and just sensitive beings. We're meant to be that way because we're holding higher light. We're holding higher frequencies. So we have to take care of ourselves because we're, we're serving the collective by holding this higher light. We are these barriers, which is why you have an impulse to move because your light is needed somewhere. It's really interesting you say that because I've had so many people from my past come to me and say, you're emanating so much more light. And these are not, let's say, conscious people. I'm not trying to categorize people, but sure, just not people who are awake to the power and the truth of who they are and why we're here. And it's like when people like that come up and say that, I'm just like, it's like the best compliment because you're like, yes, I'm purifying myself. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. You know, everyone is a messenger from from some perspective. So they're there to remind you, like, if I see it, you need to see it. (laughs) Yeah, that's beautiful. I have a question. I don't know if we have time to get into it, but I want to just quickly get into it. The 12th house in, in, in the way of esoteric astrology. Oh, yeah. So the 12th house of esoteric astrology indicates a lot of the energetic patterns that are keeping you imprisoned in lower, lower energies, essentially. The 12th house is very, very tricky for people because it is your blind spots. It's your weak parts of yourself. So you're going to attract, can oftentimes attract really complex situations. This can be deep traumatic suffering, whether it's mental, emotional, physical, really traumatic relationships, like narcissist relationships, things that are trying to get you to wake up and see your own patterns. And, but here's the thing, you, you only can save yourself from them. It's only up to you. Mm. No matter, no matter how many external forces try to bring you into equilibrium and health, you have to be able to see it for yourself because those energies can also, the reason they're more locked in. And when people have, uh, when I see people who have 12th house placements, I'm like, this is so rich in resources, like you're the energy that sits there and the way in which you apply it, but you have to get past your own illusions first or what, these energetic patterns that you've created. What if your son's in the 12th house? Oh yeah. Well, so that's around the identity around the self, mm. because from an esoteric perspective, the sun is an instrument that the, the, the sun is an instrument that the soul uses to shape itself. Mm-hmm. So patterns around the self, how you exemplify yourself to the world, how you show up for yourself and other people. And it could be also like a misuse of energies in the past, meaning for pride mm-hmm. and for ego, for money, for status. And the soul's like, well, you didn't really apply it very well in the last life. So this time we're going to make it a little harder for you because you're going to have to override some patterns. So every planet has its own unique um, story and application as well as the archetype that sits in as well. But overall, it's really undoing yourself. Mm, Okay, that's beautiful. I know quite a a few people who have their son in the 12th house. I was really curious. A lot of healers I know have a lot of 12th house placements Mm -hmm. because they have to go through their suffering to pass that initiation to become a healer. Yeah. Let's talk about your courses because I know you have a course on esoteric astrology and that's so interesting. Thank you. I'm excited. I, I, my, my next one that is financial esoteric astrology as well. Um, 
but esoteric astrology, I'm like, humans are ready. Humanity's ready for this. Like astrology has been around for centuries, but I think it's lost a lot of the ethical codes behind it because astrology is a way to make decisions. I mean, when you are working in tandem with the cosmos, you are in that present moment. So esoteric astrology teaches more of the science of it. And it's very unique to you because when you get to that point where you're drawn towards esoterica you're ready to do a lot of that inner work that really deep inner work because esoteric really is just about the hidden self and astrology is a esoteric astrology is a great tool for people who want to do that inner work but are like puzzles and they like to analyze things and they like to make sense of patterns and data as well as train your consciousness to understand higher spiritual concepts because when you start to learn things like archetypes and symbology you're also learning the linguistics of the cosmos as i like to say Mm. spirit tends to speak through symbology Mm -hmm. so that's one of uh, the three courses that i currently have what are the other two Uh, The other two are esoteric development. So I have, I'm building out a school. My intention is to have this, these tracks people can go on. And so the first two are esoteric development 100 and 101. And I talk about foundational spiritual concepts. I bring a really intellectual academic approach to it, helping you strengthen your character, understand who you are through many different mechanical teachings, metaphysical teachings, as well as spiritual science. So it's all about developing yourself. Mm, beautiful and you're just going to continue so I kind of see like it's going to just get like 200 300 yes yeah okay I see it's like a college course exactly that was like how it came in and when I started creating these courses in the spring uh it was so clear I was like three courses have to come out together and I was like okay like it was non-negotiable and I was learning so much through it because I was learning from my consciousness And so I started to see how they all blend together in a sense of these are good offering to have for people to bundle together or just try one and, and then train up because you have to train your consciousness to be able to understand higher spiritual information. And really I'm just initiating you back into so much knowledge and introducing new concepts too. Okay, perfect. I'll leave all that in the show notes the links to the courses awesome. thank you so much I wanted to ask you this is just really coming up really strongly from you said understanding your own consciousness and exploring your own consciousness does that have to do with like you being able to tap into your own Akashic records and using that as a reference to what you're here what you're doing at this point in time sure so essentially in a sense of tapping into your consciousness yes it is being able to remember a lot of your gifts like in my courses I'm teaching a lot about the energetic body the foundations of preparing you to do higher esoteric work which would mean like what is my soul done where is it from what are its gifts what are its soul tasks what are its soul lessons and that's where akashic energy starts to come in in a sense of like tapping into the records I definitely will teach how to access your Akashic records though as well. My intention is to help build people up to be able to do such that. Oh, beautiful. Awesome. Where can people find you? You can find me at thespiritualempath.com and I'm also on Instagram at the spiritual empath, YouTube on the spiritual empath, and then Twitter at Caroline empath. Oh, awesome. Do you identify as an empath? Yes, very much yes. so. Yeah. I love it. I love, I love your um, branding, spiritual empath. Um, My final question for you is 
what's something that you've gone through in your life? Let's talk about maybe an initiation. Mm. That's maybe you're on the other side of it now that really you pulled wisdom from that's really impacted you. Oh my gosh. That's such a great question. I have so many (laughs) that's coming to mind too. The one that I feel like is going to be the most relevant to people watching this is relationships. And what does it mean to be a service to others while also living from the heart and setting boundaries? I think that's a common theme that people are initiating or rather learning that they're a sensitive spiritual being and that they're an empath or that they're just trying to navigate a relationship and love that person and be of service to them, but also learn how to set boundaries and connect to that powerful part of yourself. So that's always how my soul is initiating me back into its wisdom, I would say, is learning the art of being of service to others while also taking care of myself and learning what it means to feel like I have filled my cup first and then can go out and help others. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. What about you? Oh, okay. So I'm very different from my family of origin and my birth parents and all that stuff. I would say a big part of my initiation now I'm looking back at it the past like first 22 years of my life where you know I was I was very much I don't have any tribal or collective energy in my system actually I don't know if you're familiar with human design I am familiar with it yeah so I don't have any of that circuitry that kind of energy wiring Mm -hmm. in in my energy field Mm -hmm. and so I've always felt like I needed to sacrifice who I am to fit in Mm -hmm. and people expected that of me Mm-hmm. And I think when I was when I was 22, that was my biggest test. It was like, I'm here to do my own thing and be on my own path and learn to trust that. And I think because of I started that, like took that risk, the work that I do now kind of opened up and landed for me. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. And it's and I'm still and I'm still I'm still integrating this energy. Yeah. Because it's so, um, it's kind of like, you know, living your life very self-focused versus externally focused. Exactly. And I'm in the healing, I mean, I'm in the healing field and really want to be a service to others. But I realized that it's the more I serve myself by healing myself, mm-hmm. the more I'm service to others. Mm-hmm. And so like, I see myself as like the biggest experiment that I'm doing. That's so cool. And, and that also is living from the heart because the heart, when you receive information from the heart, it's also taking into account the collective. Mm, that's really interesting. Cause now I have, I, I, I feel the guidance to share more of my internal processes through the podcast. Exactly. Because you're and also going to, people are going to come to you and say, Whoa, I'm dealing with that. Or she's got a solution. So yeah, keep listening. But it feels so vulnerable and risk-taking because I'm like, oh my God, I'm putting myself out there and I'm just talking about my own trials yeah. and tribulations. But if some part of me is like, no, this is it. You need to do this. So it's really interesting. That's coming through right now for me. There you go. You're in, and you're being a mirror for others too. You're showing how to embody certain energies, integrate them and integrate how you've done it. Yeah. Thank you for asking me that. That was something I didn't know I needed to share. I'm glad. I'm glad I could hold that space for you. It was so great to connect with you. You too. Thank you. And all of Caroline's uh, links will be in the show notes. Thank you.